0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: What a beautiful
2: day
3: for horses in the
0: morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world.
1: Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it.
0: Well, good morning, everybody. I am Glenn the Geek in Ocala, Florida.
3: And I'm Jamie Jennings, and I'm in a rainy Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for May 24th, episode 2678, brought to you today by Kevin Equine. Good morning, horse people.
1: I have good news and bad news for you on this Monday morning. First, the bad. It's Monday. But the good news is really good. Jamie and Glenn are here to guide you through another week filled with horse talk and a whole lot of fun. Welcome to Horses in the Morning.
3: Well,
0: good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us this morning. I got some wild, new, very sad news, actually, from the weekend, and that is the World Championships in Endurance happened over the weekend, and a couple of, uh, last month in April, on April the 13th, during our Endurance episode with Karen, we had Holly Cochran on, who was going from the United States. And all the horses from the United States headed over there. And two days before the endurance championships in Italy, it was announced one of them had come down with a fever. So uh, the team travels over, the riders travel over, the horses travel over. Everybody's in Italy. They're all at at one farm. And the team vet noticed one horse came down with a fever. They ran a blood test, which indicated a viral infection. And of course, with everything that's going on in Europe right now, Uh, They had to withdraw the whole team because all the horses were housed together. They even had to track down where the riders went, where they around other horses from other teams. And apparently the farm they were stabled at was off property. So they weren't in touch with other horses and other team members from other teams. Mm -hmm. So -hmm. they were able to continue with the competition. But the United States had to pull out two days ahead. How heartbreaking would that be?
3: Oh, my gosh. I can't even <laughs> imagine how heartbreaking that is for all the people involved. Now, what was the virus? Do we know? It Did any other horses get it?
0: It didn't say. I don't have that information. Uh, all I had to, was the information right before they pulled out. Uh, so I'm sure we'll hear, hear more, and Karen will, Karen will let us know what's going on. But, yeah, I mean, uh, to go through all that work and expense of tra- flying those horses over there to Italy. <laughs> you know. Just everything. I just can't imagine the heartbreak. And I feel very bad for all of them. And I know Holly was so looking forward to going. She was so excited about it.
3: Well, hey, let's take advantage of it and go tour Italy yeah. since we're here. <laughs> yeah, go do a
0: riding tour or something. No, no, we can't do that. Just wow. go eat a lot of pasta. Uh, So what happened over the weekend was the defending champions from Spain claimed the team gold once again, which they have for many, many years. Spain just is really good at endurance. And then the UAE, United Arab Emirates, dominated the individual podium. So pretty much it ended up like it always ends up. Um, so that's what happened over the weekend in, uh, Italy and uh, the world championships of endurance.
3: That sucks. Well, that today,
0: sucks. well today we have Glenn, or Greg Neary, who's here to tell us about his book he wrote called Ghetto Cowboy. And I know some of you have posted that you've watched the movie that's now on Netflix that the book was made from, it's called Concrete Cowboy, and that's now out on Netflix. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about that. Also, Idris
3: I, Elba, oh, yes, if anybody main needs character. any more reason to watch it. He's
0: one of the main characters in that movie. I watched the trailer. It looked really good. And uh, I'm going to give you an overview, start giving you an overview of what the 2021 HRN Roadshow is going to look like. We have our, our path, our route marked down now. So I, I have had people asking, where are you going to be? Are we going to do meetups? So I'll go over that more extensively today. Uh, And then Deanne from Horse Nation is going to stop by with some fun articles as well.
3: I can also give you a movie review, Glenn, on Dream Horse. Oh, you went to see it in the theater? No. Oh. Um, (laughs) Joy and I are having uh, the Dream Horse producers on Retired Racehorse Radio. And so they sent us the link to view it. And so I got to watch it. Ahead. Oh, I got to hear. I got to hear.
0: I got to hear this because we didn't get a chance to see it over the weekend. So I got to hear this. We talked about it on Friday. All right, good. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, I only have one of these. We have no auditor birthdays today, but I do have one birthday, and that's Michelle Cunningham. She is our travel agent for the Horse Lovers Cruise, and she wanted me to remind everybody, if you're planning on going, and I know we have a couple more booking this week because they let me know, get your reservations in by May 31st, and she's going to do a drawing on May 31st for a Royal Caribbean swag bag. Royal Caribbean has donated a swag bag full of T-shirts and hats and all kinds of other stuff, and anybody that has signed up for the cruise by the 31st will be in the drawing for the swag bag. So if you're thinking about booking, this is a good week to get it done, get it done before the 31st, and you'll be in the drawing. I'm excited to see who wins that. We also want to welcome new auditors Lisa Nicholson, Alicia, McKilkin, Russell, and Eric Arnold. Welcome to all of you. If you're not part of the auditor page on Facebook, search for HRN Auditors and ask to become a member there, and we'll add you into the fun that happens over there. But thank you for your support.
3: Um, excuse me. Wrong button. I'm <laughs> like, it's my turn. <laughs>
0: okay, everybody, got a new mixer. You heard the mixer problems last week. Got a new mixer, hooked it up. Everything's working fine. I'm just getting used to where all the buttons are. So let's do this. <laughs>
3: Well, I wanted to tell you about it because my my daily Winnie goes out to um I don't know I I don't know who to give it to me I guess I'm amazing. <laughs> You're giving yourself uh, a daily Winnie? That's a first. <laughs> so I w- I had this lunch to go to on on Saturday, and it was with Chad. I was going to meet him at this this lunch and i so i had lucas in the car and i'm i i have a little beetle convertible i love my car it was actually cheaper than getting a ranger like it's like like a farm vehicle it was a great deal i love this car it is great it's got like 120,000 miles on it it's still cooking it's awesome but i was driving out and i heard this noise i drove all the way to my driveway get to the front gate the front gate's opening i start to pull forward and glenn it sounds like i have run over like like a piece of metal and i'm dragging it along like it sounded like fingernails on a chalkboard and this is the beetle like, say what
0: this is the beetle right
3: it's my little beetle. Yeah, okay. And I was like, Oh my God. Like when it gets, it's, it's, it's had one other problem and it makes me very sad because I love this car so much. And I was like, Oh my God, there's something wrong with my car. I get out, I look around, I, I look under the car, which has like, you know, four inches of clearance and I can't see anything. Lucas gets out of the car and he's looking, and he's like, I don't see anything, mom. And so I go to pull forward again, <laughs> crazy yes, fingernails on a chalkboard. And I'm halfway into the road at this point. So I back up. As I back up, like, oh, my God, my car is broken. My engine has fallen. I don't know. I open the hood. Can't see anything my boarder is here riding her horse. And so she comes out, her daughter's riding. And so she comes out and I was like, okay, I'm going to pop the hood. I'm going to pull forward a little bit. Tell me where that noise is coming from. You know, like two women and a seven-year-old kid are trying to diagnose what's wrong with the car. So I pull forward. (laughs) Can I guess? She's like, I don't know. Yeah, you can guess. A belt. Well, so I back it back in with the noise, like crazy. I, I I call the mechanic. We have a mobile mechanic. And he's like, I can't come till next week. But you know what it sounds like? It sounds like the strut block's falling down on the thugboat. And I was like, I, you're <laughs> speaking a language that I don't speak. And he was like, I can't come this week. And I was like, my car, my car. So Chad gets home. I call him. I'm like, I can't come to the lunch. Sorry about your luck. Uh, but he comes <laughs> home. And he's like, it sounds like it's coming from the front left. And I'm like, well, buddy. We're taking off the tire. So we prop it up, jack it up. And again, like there's only four inches of clearance. So like you have to lay flat down on the ground, which by the way, it had been raining. So of course it's like completely soaked. So we're laying down, and I'm still in my nice clothes (laughs) because I was going out to a lunch. I take we take the tire off and I don't see anything. There's there's nothing hanging down, there's nothing anything. Well, I lean over and I'm like, Wait a second! What is that? A tiny pebble, the size of the top of a of a like a pin, like a tiny little rock has got stuck between the rotor and like the wheels. Oh, wheel. so, so when you every, put the brakes on. <laughs> I know. Every time I pulled forward, that rock was lodged rub. in there, and it was scraping <laughs> along the rotor. <laughs> so I was like. Boop. I popped the little thing out. By the way, taking a tire off of a Beetle and putting it back on is no easy feat. This whole thing took us like two hours. And so we get it back on. I drive forward. My car is
0: fine. You fixed your own car. Whee! Look at you. You do deserve a daily winny. I
3: know, right?
0: I'm Wait a minute. A car. Thank you. Thank I you. have applause now. I can do that. <laughs>
3: I was very proud of myself and, and, and my husband and I were all, we only caused a, a few times. Um, when the, like, he's like, I'm going to lower the Jack a little bit, you know, and it, boom, the whole thing falls down <laughs> and he drops the, the F word and, and Lucas goes, dad. And I was like, buddy. Daddy's cuss when they're working on cars. That's just the way it is. (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: it's
0: true. (laughs) I can throw campers into that too because I was doing that over the weekend, and uh, Mm -hmm. there was some cussing there too. Mm -hmm. I can can add that. Well, uh, congratulations! You saved yourself about five hundred dollars for him to come out and tell you you had a pebble in you.
3: Chad goes. (laughs) They just save five hundred bucks.
0: Because <laughs> whenever like, they come out, it's five hundred bucks. I don't care what they fix.
3: Well, he couldn't come out, so I was like, I, I saved a thousand because I was going to get it towed. Do you know how much <laughs> they would have laughed at me had I towed my vehicle in, and all I needed to drive it was probably ten more feet, well, and the rock wouldn't come out.
0: I would have guessed a belt because when we had our VWs, we were always having belt issues, and when a belt gets loose in those VWs, it screeches like a you know a, de- a dying a cat, you know. So. That's why I guessed a belt, because we did have that problem with, our, Don't with ours. Don't put your
3: belt juju on me.
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure they redesigned the engine from 40 years ago when we had ours. <laughs>
3: so, <laughs> hopefully. Is the engine still in the back? No, it's in the front. It's in the
0: front now? Okay, I was wondering yeah. if they put it in the front have, now.
3: A proper trunk or a boot. <laughs>
0: well, let's talk about Kevin Equine, and then let's talk more about travel.
3: Okay, well, it's no surprise Americans are among the most stressed out people on the planet and your horse gets stressed out too. Every horse experiences stress caused by things like exercise, environmental conditions like the weather, or their everyday surroundings. Travel causes horses stress just like humans, and even simple diet changes. All of these variables contribute to the stress levels of your horse. This might also come as a surprise. You can help reduce the negative impacts of stress by feeding your horse chromium every day. By lowering the levels of the stress hormone cortisol and optimizing energy use, feeding chromium results and improved body upkeep, health, performance, and overall well-being. But this part is important. Don't just feed any chromium. Feed your horse the only FDA-reviewed source of chromium propionate on the market today. Kim, you know, you've never read this commercial. Not I, one time.
0: Uh, that There's a reason for that. <laughs> Because you are so good at reading this.
3: Oh, yeah. Sure. Give me that applause again. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Chemtrace Chromium from Kemen. Ask for it by name. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) Propionate. Ask for it by name and stress less. Learn more about Chemtrace Chromium at Kemen.com slash Chromium EQ.
0: So, uh, as we announced uh, before, we are going to be doing a road show this year. We're bringing this show on the road. And Jennifer and I, with our new RV, are going to be going for five weeks. Actually, a total of six over the summer. We're going to be going on the road for six weeks, meeting all of you at your farms. We're going to be doing meetups and all that. I've announced that before, but now I kind of can give you a a roadmap of where we're going to be. I did a video for the auditors last night and showed the roadmap. So, uh, we'll be posting more about this and where the meetups are. We just finally nailed down what route we're going to take and mostly where we're going to stay, and then we'll be announcing the meetups and everything as we go forward. First, we're going to be doing a test week here in a couple of weeks. It's coming up, Jamie. Uh, On the 5th of June, we're going to be leaving here, and we're heading to make a stop, actually, at a listener's house, Alexandra's. We're going to be stopping at her house in Midville, Georgia. You ever been to Midville?
3: Midville, Georgia. I've never been there.
0: Okay, well, we're going to be going there for our first night, staying at her farm. Then we're heading up to Aiken Saddlery. So we'll be at Aiken Saddlery for a couple of days. I know her very well. Her name is Amy Hebert, not a relation uh, that runs that. But we're going to be doing the show from there on Monday at the Saddlery and taking a tour of Aiken so we're going to get some interviews while we're there, and your
3: wife's going to do some shopping. She's
0: going to do some shopping, uh, and she she's never been to Aiken. I've been to Aiken once, so we're excited to meet. We're going to be uh, visiting some other farms, and we're going to be doing video too. By the way, on all these, on both of these trips, we're going to be doing video and having them professionally edited by Neil, who is a vi- professional movie video editor. He's going to edit them every week and we're going to put out travel videos every week. So you'll be able to see where your fellow listeners live, meet their horses, uh, you know, and just get the flavor of the towns we're going to visit and the places we're going to go. Then from Aiken, we're going to head up to Southern Pines. So we're going to be, we know a lot of people up in Southern Pines. We're going to be staying at farms up there and taking tours and doing the show from Southern Pines and then heading back down to Ocala. So that's our test Week And that's coming up in June. The reason for that is we're going to test everything. See, one, if it all works and doesn't all fall apart on us. Two, how hard it is. Three, uh, whether we can get everything we want done in the time we're allotted to do it before we leave for five weeks. So uh, I just thought it might be a good idea to practice this once. And then we're going to head off July 29th, or actually July 31st. We're heading out, and we are leaving on the five-week tour And we have a lot of things planned, but I'm just going to kind of give you the states we're hitting so that if you're anywhere around those, you're going to know there's going to be a meetup that's going to happen during the month of August on the route. And we'll announce those exact meetups so that you can come and visit. A lot of people have expressed interest in this. So we're going to head to Alabama. We're staying at two different farms in Alabama that are listener farms that we're going to ride or one of them is doing a trail ride and uh, the other is a mini farm. So that should be fun. And then we're going to head up to uh, Lisa's Colby's Army in Ashland City, Tennessee, which is near Nashville. And that's also where Templeton Thompson lives. And we're going to do a live concert. So we're going to do an in-person concert. And from what Lisa said, there might be a celebrity or two coming out of Nashville to play as well. Because she knows people. So this will be a concert that you can come down to if you're from Kentucky or Tennessee or anywhere around there, Alabama, come on up and sit in on the concert. It's a fundraiser for Colby's Army, which is her therapeutic writing program. And Lisa, of course, co-hosts this show, Lisa Waisaki, every once in a while. So that concert will also be broadcast live. So we'll be putting that out on all our Facebook pages so you can join us at home and join us in on the concert with Templeton and a couple other musicians out of Nashville singing horsey songs. And then we're heading to Lexington. We'll be spending four days in Lexington visiting uh, Reese, Coffler, Stanfield. And of course, we'll be doing the show from, from Kentucky Performance Products. Uh, they are up there as well. And we'll be visiting Karen up there. And we will definitely have a meetup Most of these meetups we're talking about, we're going to try and do as outdoor picnics uh, where we'll get some food and we'll just meet outdoors at a farm or at a location and have the meetups outdoors. We'll probably be doing more of those than dinners, just in light of everything that's going on. And we're going to try and do most of the meetups we can at Listener Farms. They volunteered to do that. So that should be fun. Jamie will be in on the shows. We I just got the new mixer that's going to help us do this, actually. But um, Jamie will be in on the show. She'll just be remote. And hopefully, Jamie, I'm going to get you these dates now that I have them firm. We're hoping that you can come in for the Lexington weekend uh, and and join us that weekend.
3: I'm hoping. It's going to be awesome.
0: And then we head up to Michigan. Marie, one of our auditors, has a campground reservation up there, and it is in...
3: Is this the big road trip, or this is the test road This
0: is the big one. We're on the big one now.
3: Okay, because I'm like, uh, you can come to Oklahoma, but you can go to Michigan? Okay, fine. Well, because we're
0: staying east of the Mississippi. You're west of the Mississippi. Next year is west of the Mississippi. Believe it or not, you... What I started figuring out five weeks and uh, almost 2,000 miles. It takes five weeks to almost get 2,000 miles. Mm -hmm. So we're heading to Michigan. Then we're going to do a trail ride. That's going to be a get-together trail ride. I think Joy's going to come down, and we have some people coming up from Kentucky and people from Michigan. And we're staying at a campground that's a horsey campground and could be trail riding out of there. So we'll get you the dates on that. That's in Grass Lake, Michigan. Uh, Then we're heading to Frankie Lovato's house. for a a night, and we're going to see how he makes his Equisizers, going to do that. Uh, Then we're heading through Ohio, so there'll be meetups in Ohio. We're heading into Western Pennsylvania, going to be staying with Uncle Jimmy, of Uncle Jimmy's Hanging Balls fame. And we're going to be doing a meetup in Western Pennsylvania, because we have a lot of listeners in Western Pennsylvania. And we're also going to be staying with a listener uh, at uh, Hannah Reppert's place, which is in Mars, Pennsylvania. So we're going to have meetups there in Western Pennsylvania. Then we're going to be heading down to Maryland to Jacqueline Burks. So we will be having a big meetup at Jacqueline Burke's Farm. She's in Damascus, Maryland. So if you're in the Pennsylvania, Maryland, Northern Virginia area, that would be a good meetup to attend. Uh, and then we're going to be actually doing, we're going to be heading back at this. I found, I love this. You knew I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. Well, we lived right out of Intercourse, Pennsylvania. I found a campground that is on an Amish farm in Intercourse, Pennsylvania. So we're going to be staying there for three nights and kind of touring. We're going to give you a little uh, – I'm going to go nostalgic, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit of, and do a little video from, from places we used to go and hang out and and uh, the maybe some of the people we still know in Lancaster County. So you're going to get a little the, flavor of Lancaster County on that stop.
3: The irony of a farm called <laughs> – on an Amish farm in a town called Intercourse, is, uh, it's like joke overload? No, and then my head the joke
0: overload is you have to go through bird hand to get to Interhorse. Okay. Take that one.
3: <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. My head's exploding. <laughs> too okay. Much.
0: There's some more Virginvilles in there, too. Um, that actually comes after Intercourse, ironically. So, um, <laughs> it's all true. It's not how that works at all.
3: <laughs> it's all
0: true not how that works and then we're heading we're actually going to be doing a wedding down in Chester, Pennsylvania one of our nieces is getting married so we're going to have a meet up down there there's a bunch of people down in the Chester area oh
3: is everybody invited to the wedding sweet (laughs) free dinner
0: and then we're going to be stopping in in Virginia we're working out where we're stopping in central Virginia so we'll hopefully have a meet up there then we're going to be heading to North Carolina for a listener and uh, doing North Carolina people and then heading home and that's five weeks so let me tell
3: you people if y'all still like him after he camps in your yard. God love you.
0: <laughs> we'll find out how this is all gonna go. We may not do this next year. We'll find out after this year. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but,
3: you'll want it done.
0: Yeah, we have uh we bought a little bit more camera equipment so we can do nicer camera uh, stuff for the videos. And as I said, we have a professional editor, so it, they should be fun videos, too, and I know you all are interested in where other people live and their horses. So we're excited about it. I just wanted to give everybody a rundown, so if you're in any of those, around any of those states, we'll be getting more details about when exactly the meetups are, and we'd love to meet you all. And then, Jamie, I will be emailing you right after the show today with the dates for Lexington.
3: hmm Yeah.
0: Now that we have that nailed down, that was a little bit harder than we thought. You kind of have a lot to calculate and figure out, like, how and far this you can go is, in a day. Not
3: to be whatever, but if you're... Cars, your camper starts squeaking. Check the tire. Okay, good. (laughs) Now I know.
0: (laughs) Now I know. But that's it. That's where we're at for that trip coming up. Um, And one other thing that before I go any further is I wanted to mention that tomorrow, as we mentioned last week, Tomorrow is the first episode of Horse Illustrated here on Horses in the Morning. They're going to be here the fourth Tuesday of every month. Most of you know that the fourth Tuesday has been empty for a couple months, but Horse Illustrated's new one starts tomorrow, and I can tell you we already recorded it. We pre-recorded it, and it, we have some great guests. You're going to really like this episode. Did you
3: know that there was like a huge Shauna Koresh bio thing in this current month of Horse Illustrated? It was pretty cool.
0: Yes, and also Gene Abernathy was yeah. in there, too, with Fergus fame. She was in it also. So, yeah, it's like all our friends are in Horse Illustrated all of a sudden.
3: We're so popular. <laughs> hey, I'm excited
0: about this tomorrow. I hope you all get to listen in, and then we'll we'll have the sales episode later in the week, too. We have a full week of programming here for you, so don't go anywhere. But in the meantime, we have to get to our first guest right after we hear about Wintech.
3: Coach Jen here, HRN Chaos Control Officer and host of the Horse Tip Daily Show here on Horse Radio Network. Longtime Horse Radio Network fans know that I'm a big fan of Wintech saddles. I've been riding in them for about 20 years now. Whether I'm eventing, showing in dressage, or fox hunting, or hitting the trail at an endurance competition, I know my saddle fits my horse, and it's going to hold up to the toughest conditions and look great doing it. You may be wondering exactly which saddle do I use for this varied group of disciplines. Well, Wintech makes saddles for every discipline. That's how. I have several. And Wintech doesn't sit on their laurels. So head out to your local tack store and have a sit-in one. Or you can contact your favorite online retailer, arrange a test ride, or check them out online at Wintechsaddles.us.
0: And while we're getting our first guest on, I did want to say I know a lot of you, especially in New England, were hoping that we would make it up that far. Jamie was hoping we would make it further west. The Texas people were hoping we would make it there. We just had to look. The the route basically is what we could accomplish in five weeks without killing ourselves and traveling every day. So uh, I apologize if we're not getting your way. Hopefully someday in the future we will. Next year we definitely are going to Jamie's even if we don't do a complete road trip. I'm going to show up at her house unexpected and stay for a week.
3: Make sure you give me at least a heads up so I can pack my bags. And get okay, out. good, good. good. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay, sorry. Uh, yeah. All right,
0: good. All right, here we go. In three, All right, two, one. Our first guest today was at a request of Smiko, who's one of our longtime listeners, and she had sent in a request because she had seen the movie uh, Concrete Cowboy and wanted us to get the author of the book, Ghetto Cowboy, on. And we have him here. We have Greg Neary here with us. Hi, Greg.
1: Hi. Glad to be here.
0: So glad to have you on the show today. I, You know, I saw... This must have just come out on Netflix. The movie must have just hit because I've seen a bunch of people posting about it.
1: Yeah, it's been out about... Uh, well, it came out Easter weekend, and it turned out we were the number one Netflix movie on opening weekend.
0: That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah.
1: Worked out pretty good.
0: Yeah. When you wrote the book Ghetto Cowboy, I bet you never imagined that. You, those words coming out of your mouth.
1: Mm, I didn't imagine quite that scenario, although, you know, I started off as a filmmaker, you know, way back when. And so it was always in the back of my head that this, this would be a perfect book for a movie. Did you push the book for the movie or did they come to you? They came to me, and it turned out that the filmmaker, uh, his company is actually in the neighborhood about a mile away from these stables in North Philadelphia, and so they knew the community and they knew the horse people there and had do- done two short uh, film pieces about them already, so they were kind of already invested in that community.
3: Okay, I have a question. How do I get Idris Elba to come find me and knock on my door?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I wish I knew the answer to <laughs> that, but it I turned out, book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it turned out that that he had a, a production company and he was interested in stories that weren't being told about black communities. He wasn't necessarily a, a horse person at the time. But he was drawn to the subject and to the script that came across his desk. So, but we were already, you know, well into. Originally, it was just going to be a small independent film, using a lot of the real people from that community, and, that, and we to, were just going to, to do it
0: to give everybody an idea. Yeah. That isn't Philadelphia; it's in Northern Philadelphia, right?
1: Yeah, right? Northern Philadelphia. This is a community called uh, Strawberry Mansion. Yep. We've had them on in the particular- show before. Yeah, in particular Fletcher Street, and uh, yeah, we had them on the show. The the
3: people in the community, but it just got bigger.
1: It well, yeah, it was just going to be a small independent film, and then Idris Elba found out about it (laughs) and decided uh, he wanted, you know, his production company to help produce it, and then of course there just happened to be a perfect role for him. So suddenly, it started growing into this much bigger project.
3: Do you that's, get, a, a ba, that's a good problem to have.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> that darn edge is almost found out about it and just took over.
1: <laughs> I know.
3: Do
0: you I get any say as a writer? Did you write the screenplay, or do, do do they come back to you for any kind of consultation as a writer of the book?
1: Yeah, I mean, my biggest thing was you know, since I started off as a filmmaker, I knew the difference between a book and a movie and that once you say yes to the filmmakers you have to give them the space to make the film and so the big thing was realizing that we had the same vision you know we were both invested in this community we wanted to do right by them we wanted to show off what we both felt was special about them and unique about them and that they were this great untold story Um, and that The fact that they were from that area and already knew them, you know, that was the big difference. And then he had also made this short film that was pretty amazing. So all those things were just like, okay, I know this guy uh, can make this film. And so I'm going to let them do it. And I will be there, (laughs) you know, to to answer questions or whatever they want. But I was going to give them the space to, to make it happen.
0: So, let's back up a little bit. Where did the idea of the book come from?
1: Well, back in about 2008, um, a friend of mine sent me a link to an article in Life magazine, and he said, uh, this is going to be your next book, which I thought was, you know, pretty big words. But when I uh, clicked on that link, the first images I saw were of these young black kids kind of standing on the back of these horses in what was clearly like a very urban neighborhood in Philadelphia. And then just going through the different photographs, there were like black cowboys and, you know, riders riding through the streets of Philly. And, you know, like most people, I'd never seen anything like this. And So the more I dug into it, the more amazing it was. And the fact that Not only had nobody ever written about it, I mean, you could literally Google it and nothing came up. So aside from these few images uh, from this one little photo essay, like there was nothing out there. So that to me is kind of, you know, what you're looking for as a writer is to be the first one (laughs) to, to tackle a subject like that.
0: And you're really known as a teen fiction writer, and I I assume that's kind of the bent you went on here, because you're really following the story of a teen in in this situation, you know, growing up in the city and then being exposed to horses and uh, having having to learn all of that and what that teaches us, you know, as a group of horse people. We all know what horses teach us that are on this show. But you weren't necessarily a horse guy either, right?
1: (laughs) I'm not necessarily a horse guy, but I definitely have horses in the family. Uh, my cousin is a horse, you know, trains race horses. Uh, my niece, you know, is a, is a horse performer. You know, she does all these, uh, team drills on horses. And my uncle, uh, trained in Rose road horses in the Rose parade in California. Oh, wow. So it was, I guess it was in the blood. I
3: guess. so. <laughs> <laughs> in there somewhere.
0: So, yeah. so, uh, Obviously and as I said this is about a teen growing up and if you, you, the trailer's out there by the way the trailer's very good I encourage everybody I'll link to the trailer in our show notes go take a uh, look at the trailer and then it is out on Netflix so you can go just just go watch it yourself Absolutely. but you've done a bunch of other books too and uh, and they incorporated some horses in those
1: Yes well I did a book about my cousin Gail, who is the horse trainer
3: Is this a, a very- true story
1: This is a true story. The book is called "Grand Theft Horse," and she is a lifelong advocate for horses and kind of protector of horses. And of course, you know, if you know anything about the horse racing world, it's been particularly brutal to these animals. And she wanted to to approach it from a different way. Um, She ended up having to you know steal this racehorse to save its life because it was literally being raced to death and if it was going to run one more race it would have uh, easily broken its leg and had have to be put down and you know she, she kind of became this modern day outlaw who you know rescued this horse to save its life and And rode off into the hills, and she became the first person in 150 years to be charged with grand theft horse, you know, which is one of the Old West laws left over. And it it was a case that essentially went all the way to the California Supreme Court, where she represented herself, you know, learned the law at night in the law library. And, you know, she'd essentially lost everything to save this animal, Um, you know, was blackballed from the industry, lost all her work there, and was essentially living out of her truck, but refused to give that horse up, you know, and had it in safe locations. Um, So she, to me, was kind of this superhero (laughs) in a way, you know, and, and went way beyond what most anybody else would do to protect an animal. So. You know, I have TV a, a co host um, that would
0: uh, that is kinda yeah. like that too, uh right here on this mm-hmm. show.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hear hero all the time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean these these stories to me, along with, you know, you know, cowboy are really important I think to share with young people because they're inspiring. Uh yeah, to me they're role models, you know, people who basically in both books sacrifice everything for the sake of these animals and for young people and, you know, wasn't doing it for the attention or the limelight. In fact, it was quite the opposite. You would never have heard about it had I not, you know, written about them. So to me, these are people worth aspiring to.
0: Have you ever written a comedy, Greg?
1: A comedy? Yeah. Comedic um... <laughs> Yeah, i i always well, i'm just there, joking with you humor. because there's so definitely <laughs> humor in all my stories
0: that's for sure. you got so serious of messages here with uh, the books you've written that's why i just was busting your yeah. chops a little bit
3: i just find it <laughs> fascinating that grant like when i was reading a little bit about grant that of course i was researching some mm-hmm. of your books like i never would have imagined that was a true story because it is a story and to me reading it now that i know it's true that's your next dang movie! Come on! I know,
1: exactly. That's what I'm saying. Idris, I mean, it's this you need give another movie over here. Had written both of these books as pure fiction, my editor would have turned them down because they would be totally unbelievable. It's like, who <laughs> would believe this stuff? It's like, come on. But the fact that it's true then makes it even better. <laughs> so and
0: they cool. can get Grand, uh, Grand Theft Horse at, at, uh, on Amazon too right now, right? You can get oh it. absolutely. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Yep. You can get all these sell so, these books.
0: Something else I wanted to talk to you about that I saw in your bio kind of caught my attention. I don't know if this is still true or not, but uh you live in Florida, not too far actually, we live in O'Cala, so we're not too far apart. But Okay. Um you were co chair of the Antarctic Artists and Writers Collective. Uh, um yes. that's a long way <laughs> from Florida.
1: It is. <laughs> I um got a grant from the National Science Foundation to do a project down there. So it's, you know, all these stories are things that are kind of, kind of forced me out of my comfort zone uh, into worlds that I probably would not have imagined being a part of. Uh, And so that's become kind of my specialty is to, you know, discover these worlds uh, that I really knew nothing about and to kind of do a deep dive into them so I can share them with young people.
0: I assume you went to Antarctica, I'm assuming.
1: I absolutely did. I spent two months there.
0: And? Okay, we have to hear a little uh, about
1: that. (laughs) I survived. (laughs) Um, There were were actually uh, horses... In Antarctica, back, you know, in the age of the original explorers, like Scott and Shackleton, they took these ponies, and like everything else they did, um, they were not ponies that were necessarily inclined to live in these kind of sub-zero temperatures. So, needless to say, they did not do well down there.
0: <laughs> How was your experience? Would you go back, or was it something you, you want to do again?
1: Oh, I mean, it changed my life. It's kind of like uh, one of these incredible once-in-a-lifetime experiences, you know, and I would love to go back, um, but kind of the next next best thing was to form this collective with the other uh, grantees that have gotten this grant over the last 40 years and kind of to create the community back here in the States You know, but essentially keep the stories of Antarctica alive and going.
0: What a cool job you've created for yourself. (laughs) I mean, you know, I love the challenging part and I love that you've done it and you're doing a bunch of different things. It's not all in one. A lot of writers get pegged into one place uh, and they stay there. They stay in their comfort zone. They stay, you know, traveling down that lane and never, never veer lanes. And I love the fact that you're almost completely opposite of that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my, my brand has been like, I'm you can't pin me down. Like you will never guess what my next project is gonna be. Oh now we then. have
0: to ask. Are you gonna tell <laughs> us?
1: <laughs> well, in this case you might. Like one of the projects I my next book that's coming out in the fall is actually a sequel to Ghetto Cowboy. But when I say sequel to Ghetto Cowboy, you probably imagine, you know, that world of Ghetto Cowboy and it's just like more of the same. But in fact, Um, when I was down there I met a young man who was one of the cowboys in this neighborhood and he was kind of doing double duty because he was also part of another barn that had the only african-american polo team so this story is kind of about the, the polo world of these urban kids you know who went from being literally kind of the bad news bears to national champions um, so that was a whole other horse story <laughs> that uh, I didn't know about when I first started writing the original.
0: Well, that's terrific. I, I, this is all very exciting stuff. I, we'll put links to everything, your website, uh, gregneary.com or, or, or com. either one I think works. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yep, and then we'll put links to the books and the movie over on Netflix. Go watch the trailer. Thank you for joining us this morning, and, and congratulations on, on this movie doing so well for Netflix.
1: All right. Thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: Thanks, Greg. Take care.
3: All right. Bye. Thank you.
0: What a fascinating guy.
3: Yeah. I don't know if I
0: could spend two months in Antarctica, to be honest. (laughs) That sounds cold. Like,
3: did you spend the warm two months there? Or were you like.
0: (laughs) I don't know that there is a warm two months
3: there.
0: I I don't know that that happens in Antarctica. I'm not sure. Hey, Cavallo is the hoof boot that we use on my pony scooter and have since I've gotten him, which is almost nine years ago. Can you believe that? It's been almost nine years since we got Are scooter. Are you serious? Yes.
1: yes wow. He's,
0: he's 13. They're 12 or 13 now. So I, we got them soon after we started the show, I think. But I use the Trek boots now. Cavallo boots. Uh, there are a bunch of different ones that you can get for your horse. There's the sport and the simple, and then they have uh, they have air, Transport Air, which are like Nikes for horses. Yes, they actually have Nikes for horses. Um, and we use the Trek boots, which are the ones that are great for anything from minis up to draft horses. They're very breathable, which is one of the things I like about them. And the other thing, you used you've used boots like this before. Some of the brands of boots tend to twist. So if the horse's foot is not just right in there, the boot will twist around and it ends up being sideways by the time you're getting any distance at all. Well, you don't have to worry about that with these. These really do fit. They fit very well. I don't have the twisting problem. When we go out with Scooter, we'll put if we're going out on the road, we'll put maybe all four on. Sometimes we'll just put the front two because he's not shot at all. But if we go out into a rocky place or a place that we know is going to have roots and things like that, uh, in the woods out here, when we drive, when I drive him, then we'll put all four on and, and I just leave them on. I put them on before I get in the trailer, take them off when I get home. There's never a lot of sand in them either. They really fit well around the top because that's another problem I had with it the kind of boots that have the wire. This has Velcro. I don't like the wire ones. I didn't, they are not horse husband approved the wire ones. Um, but these have the Velcro. So they seem to just fit tighter, but we love them. And they right now will give you a discount on your next, uh, boots. If you go and put in an HRN in the coupon code at Cavallo dash ink.com, Put a link in the show notes, uh, you can get 20% off your next boot order. And that's through June the 30th. So go get your boots right now cavallo-inc.com
1: it's time for the weekly look at your equestrian first world problems this ought to be good
3: well uh these are submitted by our listeners our auditors that on sunday night or monday morning i'll post in i'll ask what on their Facebook page, what is your equestrian first world problem? And, uh, it's really sad and they're really kind to share what their problems are, but if you want to be a part of this, you need to become an auditor. So Glenn, how do they do it?
0: go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right-hand side of the page, click on the auditor banner, and for as little as $3 a month, you too can become an auditor, just like we had those people do last week that I talked about earlier in the show. We had Lisa and Alicia, and Eric became auditors, probably from hearing us talk about this on a Monday. So it's your turn.
3: Could have happened. All right. Well, let's start with Kaylee. She says it's a long weekend, so no work on Monday and it's going to rain. So I can't ride, but we're so (laughs) desperate for rain that I can't whine to anybody.
0: Yeah. We're really dry here in Florida. We haven't had rain in months.
3: Oh, it's raining so much. And my father-in-law keeps sending these like, you know, group texts like, yay, rain. And I'm like,
0: (laughs) (sighs) did you need it or have you been just getting a lot of it?
3: It's May in Oklahoma, which means everything sucks. Monsoon season. Yeah, it's 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 the tornadic tornadic activity season, which uh. we just had a lot of rain so far. But like, uh, I'm over it. Uh, Susanna said, I spent a chunk of money getting my saddle custom fit for my horse, and then I sold my horse six months later.
0: That <laughs> always happens. Never get a custom saddle because your horse is bound to go.
3: <laughs> Sarah says, I live in southeastern Oklahoma. A few weeks ago, we rented equipment and dug new water lines so we don't have to drag water hoses everywhere. We were so excited. But now, Oklahoma problems, hashtag Oklahoma problems. Now it's rained for weeks and it washed all the dirt out of the dishes oh, and it's no. made a muddy mess everywhere oh, when no. we walk to feed horses. Oh, no. <laughs> she said shortly after she sent that, she fell in the mud. <laughs> Uh, Avery says, I just got back from an adult rider eventing camp and I'm too tired to unpack my trailer, but then I have to work tomorrow. So it's not going to get unpacked till the next weekend. And then I have a show a week after that.
0: (laughs) So how long does it take you to unpack it when you, when you were going to shows, it would take, Jennifer was one of those that it was always the next day. We would never really unpack that night.
3: I, I boarded at a barn and they would say that basically when you arrive back at the barn. And you want to, like, clean out your trailer in the parking lot area of the trailer? She's like, chuck it out. Don't get a muck fork and all that and try to carry it to the manure pile. She's like, I don't do it, so you don't have to. Just kick it out. (laughs) I always like that. But it would take me a week to pack it and then two weeks to unpack Unpack
0: it. it. Yeah, that's right. That's about normal, I think.
3: Yeah uh laura says i went to an amazing connected riding clinic over the weekend and i want to do all those things with my horses but i'm so tired <laughs> <laughs> laura has a big problem i have too many chickens so now i have to build a bigger chicken coop <laughs> so
0: what I'm is this to- the chicken people they tend to c- collect they do collect how many are you up to now about
3: 50 it, don't add. That is rude to ask me that question. That's like asking me how many horses I have. I don't want to talk. All about
0: right, it. it's fifty.
3: <laughs> Lisa said, "Let me just tell you that."
0: What do you I do with a, all those eggs,
3: dude? It's a first of all, it's an Easter egg hunt at my farm every day. <laughs> Because they never lay them where they're supposed to. I have all of these like awesome places, little boxes for them to nesting boxes, and they're like, mm-hmm, you know what? You're gonna open up a bale of hay and there's gonna be an egg in it. <laughs> I have like it's becoming a problem. Like I have so many eggs everywhere. I find them, I'm like, I don't know when that I don't know when that got there. I don't know if it's good or and now I have these four ducks that are now laying eggs too, and those are giant and they're rock hard and they're disgusting.
0: Are they you can eat those though, right?
3: Duck eggs. You can, yes. Um w don't I guess really you can like eat, eat almost
0: it. any kind of egg, right?
3: Well, you, you, they're, they're, Chad says they're just eggier, oh. but apparently they're really good to bake with because they make everything fluffy. Oh. You know what? i just not going to get involved. <laughs> uh, but Lisa says, I just bought a new-to-me saddle that is exactly the right fit for my horses. And it is like she goes on all the brands and stuff. And basically, it's made by the same saddler that made her custom $6,000 saddle. And it's only 1500 Wow. Wow. But it's black, and I really wanted brown. <laughs>
0: There's a first world problem. <laughs> I, yeah,
3: I got a saddle for like five, fifty five, $5 hundred dollars less than it should be, yeah. and it's the wrong color. Um, Megan says, when I carry three flakes of hay out for our three horses, I always get hay in my bra.
0: <laughs> we always come around to this about four times a year, the hay in the bra Not problem. The hay in the bra. Every, Every summer, we have this discussion.
3: And you know, what's really awesome is that I'll be down feeding and all that and I'll come back up and i will be trying to make breakfast for my son and my husband and I'm like making eggs or whatever. And I look down and I just like, I just pull my shirt up and reach on down. And they're like, seriously, <laughs> do not pull hay out while you're cooking? <laughs> uh, Missy says, I just got a newer, nicer trailer, but I continue to use my old stock trailer because I don't want to get the new one dirty. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. We, so we felt uh, the same
0: way when we got our RV. It's like, do we really? It's nice now. Once we oh, sleep in so it nice. once, it's going to be disgusting.
3: <laughs> it's going to be gross. Uh, Adrian says, my pastures are so, girl, I have this problem. My pastures are so full of beautiful green grass, but my horses won't eat it because it's too tall. And now I have to brush hog it so they'll actually eat the dang thing. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Uh, Alex says, I finally got pretty white back on track brushing boots for my boy for riding on the flat, but now I'm going to have to hose them off after we ride or they won't stay pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's correct. Carrie says I have evening work meetings this week, which is in addition to working during the day, which means I'm not going to have time to go on any trail rides and the weather's going to be perfect. Ugh. Laura says it has been super windy every day for weeks, and I can't even spread my arena dust control.
0: There's <laughs> <sighs> an irony there. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Colleen says, I haven't had enough time for work, writing and household. I, I, I'm reading this one for you, Glenn, because okay. I want you to know that there are some people out there that do this. Okay. Colleen, I think you're crazy, and I think you're probably alone, but your emojis said it all. Colleen says, I haven't had enough time for work, riding, and household chores last week, and with my only free time, it was during the absolute hottest point of the day, I actually chose to do household chores in my free time. And then she sent a lot of puke emojis.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a first. That is a first from a horsewoman right there. Amazing. Amazing. Did she clean your car too? Did you clean your car too? Let me know.
3: No, let's not push it, Glenn. <laughs> Good Lord.
0: We have time for one more.
3: Oh, no, but I have a couple more. So we're going to go through a couple more real quick. space. Um, says, I scheduled a vet appointment for my two horses that have random lamenesses, and like they're both totally fine right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she also says that she received the amazing smart cooler from Horse Lovers as a prize for really bad ads, and it's so pretty. But it's too hot to put it on my horse for photos. Hashtag waiting for autumn. (laughs) (laughs) It'll
0: be clean. See, you won't have to worry about it. It'll be clean in autumn.
3: Uh, Finally, Eileen says, it is a beautiful day to ride, but we unloaded and stacked 100 bales of hay yesterday, and I'm just too sore. sorry you have like 100 bales of hay, but it's probably going to be a shortage this year. Yeah,
0: exactly. By the way, did you hear that? It's not sounding good for hay this year, anywhere. No,
3: Chad was like, can we start buying hay for next year? I'm like, it doesn't work like that. Yeah,
0: that's the problem. (laughs) Apparently, the Northwest is not getting rain, and it's just bad.
3: Yeah. So,
0: yeah, well, let's end on that. Let's uh, move on on that happy note. Uh, We're heading over to Deanne from Horse Nation. And, uh,
1: of course... It's Monday. That means it's time for Horse Nation to stop by with some cleverly written horse stories or just some silly nonsense.
0: We've had them coming on the show now for almost 10 years. And Deanne, actually. Hi, Deanne. Good morning. How how are you? Good. You're on the air with us right now.
3: Thank you for joining us. How's life?
2: It's going well. How are things with you?
3: Well, living the dream, man, living the dream in this muddy world that I'm living in right now. Um, now just to talk a little bit about something you guys have, it's a, it's like a, like a contest. Tell me about it. Yeah, and I feel like I could win this right now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of mud, <laughs>
2: um, we are having a photo contest test. I can speak sponsored by Pack, where we're asking our readers and also your listeners to submit a photo of their horse or them and their horse. Either covered in mud or soaked to the skin, um, for the chance to win like kind of this really rad prize package that's worth over like four hundred bucks. What? Uh, yeah, it's get like, out there and start taking good?
0: pictures, Jamie. Jeez, <laughs> you could do yeah. it today, <laughs> <laughs>
2: right? It's like this really nice package. It's um, like the rain and fly sheet system by Smart Pack for your horse. It's um, like waterproof leather boots. Um, a Piper packable waterproof riding jacket and like a full grooming kit.
3: That's amazing. You need, yeah. All I have to do is show what my horses look like on a daily basis. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so all you have to do is like we have a pin post on the top of Horse Nation's Facebook page. There are also, also multiple posts on like horsenation.com. There's a pin post on the top of Eventing Nation's page. You go in, you submit your photo, and then you post it on your own page like – at mention smart pack and tag and use the hashtag mud badness giveaway. And that all of that is like clearly laid out on the Facebook posts and the Instagram posts and <laughs> the articles we've published. So it's all there. And like, you can enter on Facebook, you can enter on Instagram, you can enter by
3: emailing me. Perfect. The- but uh, yeah, I think you have to, you have to tag smart pack in your posts, right?
2: yeah yeah i mean you know they're sponsoring it they're giving us all the stuff so we need to show them a little bit of love
3: perfect i'm just yeah, uh, this-
0: I'm, I'm going over right now to see how much competition oh you know what you got time here jamie get your get your entries in
3: <laughs> yeah, entries due by
2: may 31st so like you've got some time but yeah. we need some entries
0: i'm out because perfect. we haven't had rain in forever so i don't uh, i can't take any pictures of any muddy horses
2: I need um, to I feel like there's a conflict of interests and I can't win but I feel like I need to go out and take pictures of my horses right now because we have had a torrential downpour this morning enough that like all the storm drains are overflowing and like the public works and the police and the fire department were out on the main road, like unclogging our storm drains today.
3: That's fun. Yeah. (laughs) Just what a policeman
0: signs up for.
3: (laughs) You're getting exactly what I'm getting right now too. So, yeah. So, um, now tell us the Appalachian trainer face off is coming up and I do believe we've talked to somebody, uh, About that before, but tell us what you guys are involved in.
2: Yeah. So right now as Horse Nation, we're just involved in like, you know, writing stories and publishing about it. Um, but you know, what it is, is it's this hundred day training competition that's going to be held in like the middle of August in West Virginia. Um, it's run by the heart of Phoenix, which is a rescue organization. And the whole goal is kind of like, to raise awareness about horse adoption while at the same time providing a larger number of horses that might've otherwise been unadoptable with an education and placements in suitable homes. So the way it works is trainers are pre-approved. They have to go through an application process. They go and pick up their horses, which they did on May 11th. Um, They have a hundred days to train them. And then they go to West Virginia to compete in the trainer face off. And at the end, the horses are then auctioned off to pre-approved homes. Um, the trainers get half of the auction fee and the other half goes to heart of Phoenix to help benefit other horses. Um, and I think what's so cool about it is that, you know, it's kind of like the Mustang makers overs and things like that. It's a great way to raise awareness. Um, and heart of Phoenix Kind of recognize that they're in one of the most economically disparaged areas in the country in Appalachia. And so you have these horses, some of which are feral and unhandled, some of which are handled but just come from bad situations, and this whole variety of horses that have somehow ended up in the hands of the rescues. Um, But they get trainers on board to provide them with a solid foundation and then place them in suitable homes.
3: And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic, I mean, that's what I'm doing here with educating these retired racehorses. They become much more adoptable, even just with, you know, just being out and being seen. So the ATFO, which is the Appalachian trainer face-off, they have a, it's a big event. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the biggest equine event
2: in West Virginia. Um, I think in the past they've had over a thousand people present and I think this year, Things are opened up enough that they can have the full event. Um, so it's pretty big. They have a combination of, like, professional and amateur trainers. Um, and I'm going to be following along the journey of one of the amateur trainers, Brianna Ivory, um, partially because she's my friend and I know her. So it's an, <laughs> you know, easy access, you know, entry point. Um, but she's also willing to take video and and share pictures and, you know, sort of in the same way that we do with our make throw makeover bloggers. Um, She's really willing to let us all in on how it's going, the ups and downs and things like that. Like the mare that she picked up, seems to be this awesome and pretty willing mare, but she had like a fairly traumatic trailering accident on the way to the competition. So right now her back legs are a total no-go, right? So Brianna's sharing her videos and showing how the progress with that is slower than maybe some people would expect, but also showing that there is progress and the horse can have an education and can be a riding horse. And, you know, all those great things that most of us already know about, Horses who just need a little bit of an education.
3: So the, the horses, all of these horses are at this rescue. And so like Brianna shows up. Does she get to pick which horse she wanted, or is it assigned kind of like a makeover situation, mustang makeover situation?
2: Um, yes. <laughs> so they have a certain slate of horses that are only designated for professional trainers. And then they have another slate that are designated that's designated designated for amateurs. And they're like the heart of Phoenix's definition of what makes a professional versus what makes an amateur is different than say like USEF's right? Whereas in other organizations, if you've once taken money for giving a lesson in the last so many years, you are a professional period, right? Their designation for professional versus amateur has to do, I believe with how many horses you've trained a certain dollar amount you've earned training horses and things like that. Mainly I believe because they don't want someone who, might qualify as a professional under other organizations, but who maybe doesn't have the training chops to end up with an animal that's more difficult or beyond their skill level, right? Yeah. Yeah. So they, so they, you get to choose your horse and it's a lottery system, but if you're an amateur, you may only choose from the amateur designated horses.
3: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, cool. But I think it's
2: I I think it's this really cool setup, right? Like, <laughs> and I know I'm not getting some feral, never been handled, only wants to kick me kind of horse as my first training
0: project.
3: <laughs> right, right. Well, Glenn, let me tell you right now, I ain't entering. I already did the makeover, the <laughs> servant makeover. I've makeovered out. I just like watching. Well, you now. do a
0: makeover for a living now, really, when you think about it. you doing makeovers <laughs> <Yeah>. every day.
3: <laughs> but there is not say- the pressure of uh, performing. That yeah, comes and with it. A hundred days, having also done
2: the thoroughbred maker over a hundred days, seems really short. But I went through the pictures of all the adoptable horses. I will double check this. So do not quote me on this. I need to double check that this is the case. I believe that most of these horses have had. I don't want to call it letdown time because that's what we say about our off-track horses but most of them have been in good flesh and look like they've been vetted a bit before going to the trainers. So they're not being handed a skinny or ill horse who needs yeah. 90 days, days of feed. Or even get on its
3: back. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Well, fantastic. Dan, thank you so much for joining us and letting us know. We will continue to follow along on HorseNation.com. You guys get your contest entries in and win $400 worth of, uh, Prizes for the Mud Madness giveaway. I'll be emailing you my my entry here momentarily. As soon as I go outside and take a picture of the mess, it's my backyard. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, dan Sure thing. Have a great day.
0: Well, there you go. There's the Horse Nation segment. HorseNation.com is where you can find that. Hey, they don't have that many entries yet, so get your entry in, Jamie.
3: I will. I you're allowed
0: will. to win this one. It's one contest Yay! you can actually enter. <laughs> So Jamie's always complained over the years that she's not allowed to enter any of our contests. I, mean, I think we've given away close to six, over $60,000 worth of stuff, and she's just never qualified.
3: None of it. None of it. None of it's mine.
0: None of it's yours. Well, you have a list for us in the post show, right? Up.
3: I certainly do, of, and I'll let show? you pick between the two. Okay.
0: All right, so we're going to have a list for you in the post show. Hang around, auditors, for that. And everybody else, look forward to the brand-new Horse Illustrated episode tomorrow with Sarah and I leading the way. And we have some excellent guests. I I had a lot of fun in this one. Uh, I'm going to tease you a little bit. There's a woman that is setting out, and she's already ridden 75 of them. She's trying to ride every breed in the world, and she's traveling (laughs) around the world to do it. She's ridden 75 breeds, and she estimates there's 300 currently active. So that's that's, work to do. Yeah, she has some work to do, but a fascinating woman. And uh, so Van Hargis is going to be here also, who we had on our show years ago. Uh, So just a lot of fun tomorrow on the show. We'll be back Wednesday with Jamie. And then, of course, sales episode on on Thursday and really bad ads on Friday. And I think my new mixer worked. My mic worked. You could hear me. Most of the time. Most of the time. So I think that's all we're going to get with you. I think that's all the, that's
3: all the better <laughs> Best it's gonna do. go I do Spade, neuter, and geld everybody
0: darn mute button